Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode contains distressing themes, profanity, and descriptions of sexual violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. The probation service and parole boards are meant to safeguard our communities. A parole board bears the crucial responsibility of ensuring that people who pose a threat to society remain securely confined behind prison walls. Yet the delicate balance between rehabilitation and public safety is no easy feat. A plan for the convicted is outlined in probation hearings, where a thorough evaluation is conducted to assess the prisoner's suitability for release. Various factors are considered during this process, including prior criminal history, risk of reoffending, and behaviour while incarcerated. Furthermore, judges rely on accurate reports from the probation service to ensure all the facts are available when determining if someone should face a suspended sentence or further time behind bars. However, no organisation or independent body is immune to errors or shortcomings. If they fail in their duty, then dangerous people can be released straight into the path of innocent victims. From assessment to the court report to his supervision in the community, the quality of that work by probation was of an unacceptable standard and well below what was required and what the public, I think, have a right to expect. She wasn't even consulted whether he was allowed to be bowed at her address. The level of force and violence was carried out in these attacks was carried out with one intention, and that was, take to the, that was to take the lives of those within the premises. When he found them, he hit them with such force, their skulls were smashed. It could have quite easily been prevented, I think. The whole the entire, entire system's broken, really broken. So many people's lives are wrecked just because someone could do their job properly. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 17 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Terry Harris was 17 when she moved to Sheffield from the East End of London. The move was made under difficult circumstances. Terry's mother, Angela Smith, and father, Lawrence Harris, had separated. Angela and Lawrence loved their daughter very much and spent as much time with her as possible. Terry, who was an only child, stayed with her mother, but travelled south at weekends to see her father, who was living in Essex. There was a strong bond between mother and daughter, 
and they enjoyed being in each other's company as they chatted for hours on end. In her early twenties, Terry Harris met Royal Mail employee Jason Bennett, and the two instantly clicked. Soon after, when Terry was 22, the couple became parents to a baby boy in 2007. They named their firstborn John Paul, and two years later they welcomed a second child, a daughter named Lacey. As the eldest, their son John was more serious, often seeming to be in deep thought. He was also very affectionate and compassionate, with his father Jason saying that John wouldn't hurt a fly. Lacey had a different personality from her brother, liking what was referred to as traditional girly things. She enjoyed putting on dance shows for her family. Despite their differences, the children did have something in common which they inherited from their mother, a caring nature. John freely told his family how much he loved them. Lacey also had a big heart and wanted to raise money for charity. Their parents, Terry and Jason, remained together for 14 years, raising the children as best they could. However, cracks in their relationship began to appear. Their commitment as parents never wavered, even when Terry and Jason separated on amicable terms. Terry Harris took a nerve-wracking leap after almost a decade and a half in a committed partnership. She made an online dating account in early 2020, where she connected with Damien Bendel. Their initial online exchanges evolved into a decision to meet in person. Later that year, Terry and her children relocated from Woodhouse in Sheffield to a property on Chandos Crescent in Killamarsh, North Derbyshire. The modest, semi-detached, pebble-dashed home was rented from North East Derbyshire District Council. There was a small patch of grass at the front of the property, with a large tree looming higher than the top bedroom window. Not long after the family settled in, Damien Bendel joined them, leaving his home in Swindon, Wiltshire, to be with Terry and her children, John and Lacey. Terry was hard-working, juggling childcare with a job she loved as a care worker. She was a devoted mother, centering her entire life around John and Lacey, who always came first. One of Terry's friends recalled, She lived for her children. They were her life. It's all she would ever talk about. During the weekends, Terry spent her time baking, drawing and enjoying day trips with John and Lacey. Birthdays held a special place in Terry's heart. She spared no expense in arranging the perfect day for the children. 11-year-old Lacey earned the title of TikTok Queen, spending countless hours scrolling through videos. Her favourite pastime was watching dance videos on the app and then recreating the dances at home while recording them on her mobile phone. She was described as a girly girl, although by the summer of 2021 she had developed an interest in Manchester City Football Club. Her father Jason joked that her new obsession stemmed from her crush on one of the players, Jack Grealish. Lacey's bedroom walls were covered with pictures of him. In stark contrast to his sister, 13-year-old John was a fervent supporter of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club and had ambitions of becoming an engineer. Jason Bennett noted that with each passing day, John grew more and more like his father. Jason even referred to his son as his mini-me, describing him as affectionate, spirited, humorous and deeply passionate. Despite his young age, John always saw the best in people. Jason said of John, 
Behind his tough exterior, he was the most loving son you could wish for. His love for his mum was amazing. He just wanted everyone to be happy. It was Saturday, September 18th, 2021. Lacey was spending the day with her best friend, Connie Gent, who was also 11 years old. The two girls had similar personalities. Describing her daughter, Carrie Shelton, later said, Connie had an amazing imagination and was always ready to put on a show, especially at Christmas when she would write plays to act out with her brothers and sister. At birthdays, Halloween or at any given chance, Connie would be organising making or baking. She always made things so special. Before that weekend together, Lacey and Connie planned a charity fundraiser for cancer research. The 11-year-olds diligently created posters and put up a flyer on a climbing frame in a nearby park. That Saturday afternoon, the friends set up a table, stocking it with sweets and various items to make money for charity. Terry Harris shared the news on a local forum, explaining that Lacey and Connie had been inspired by a local superstore worker who was battling cancer. The charity drive proved to be a significant success, as community members responded to Terry's post by expressing their support for the girls and praising their admirable efforts. Lacey and Connie had recently begun their first year at Sheffield's Outwood Academy City Secondary School, having previously attended the same primary school. Both girls were known for being friendly, while Lacey's brother John, who was at the same school, was described by his classmates as popular and polite. Connie Gent lived in Woodhouse, Sheffield, and she and Lacey had forged a deep bond over their shared passion for TikTok and football. Connie's father, Charlie, recollected, Lacey was her best friend. All she ever did was talk about her when she came to stay at mine. Charlie Gent praised Connie as one of the most delightful girls anyone could encounter. Although Charlie and Kerry Shelton, Connie's mother, were separated, they were both close to their daughter. Following the successful fundraiser on that Saturday afternoon, Connie decided to stay at Lacey's for the second night in a row. The girls were eager to spend more time together before returning to school on Monday. Connie called her mother to ask if it was okay if she didn't come home that night, and she was granted permission for an additional night's stay. Shortly before 7.30am the following day, a distressing phone call was made to the emergency services. Um, basically, I need the police and the ambulance and that because um, I've killed four people. Okay, just hold the line. Bear with me. The call was made by Terry Harris's partner, Damien Bendel. He had provided the address on Chandos Crescent where the family lived. Officers from the Derbyshire Constabulary scrambled to the property. They were surprised to see Bendel patiently waiting for their arrival. As they drew closer, officers could see that he was bleeding. Mate, have you got anything on you that you shouldn't have? No, there's no weapons or nothing. Right, right do you just want to undo your coat? Have you armed yourself? Yeah. You have? Have you, got a, have you stabbed yourself, mate? I yeah. can see, see blood on your hands. Yeah. Anywhere else? Just my chest, uh, four inches in with a, with a bread knife. Can we have a look? And, yeah, and one on the stomach. I bled yeah, quite... All right, do you want to... Yes. Can we go down no, this no, 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 just stay there, stay there. Just I just don't want to be in front of her. All right, just around the corner. Bendel told them that he had stabbed himself. With caution, officers led him around the side of the house as he unbuttoned his coat to reveal his injuries. All right, stand here, stand here, stand here. 
Right, so we're told you, I know what's going to happen to you now, mate. Well, I know what's going to happen just... when you go to prison, obviously, again. Why, what have you done? Have you done something to anyone else? Yeah. What have you done? I've murdered four people. Damien Bendel told officers about the murders. At first, they weren't sure if there was any weight to his claim. They thought he may have been under the influence of drugs and had only harmed himself. He's been calm and compliant, but he's got some stab wounds to his chest. They're not oozing blood, but he's saying that uh, his family are inside and that he believes he has murdered them. While one officer conversed with Bendel outside, the other ventured inside the property. His eyes were drawn to bloodstains on the floor and walls. Walking into the living room, the officer discovered what looked like brain matter on the floor. Continuing the search, he entered the master bedroom, where he found the motionless bodies of Terry Harris and her daughter Lacey Bennett. Terry lay on the floor, surrounded by blood, while Lacey was sprawled across the bed. The officer's growing horror steadily increased as he entered Lacey's bedroom and discovered the lifeless body of Connie Gent. In the bathroom, he saw the body of John Bennett, who was also dead. All four victims had suffered brutal attacks with a claw hammer. The focus of the violence was directed towards their heads and upper bodies. Outside, Damien Bendel was placed in handcuffs. Damien, it's 0747 hours. I'm arresting you on suspicion of murder. You don't have to say anything, but it may harm your defence. Do not mention when questioned something like relying on in court. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. Your arrest is necessary to protect you from harm, to prevent your disappearance, for a prompt and effective investigation. OK? We're going to get you out. We're going to put you in the back of the van. Stand up. One of the officers then asked Bendel what he had done. In a calm tone, Bendel replied, I don't know. I blanked out. It's like I was, um, outside my body, but looking in. Damien Bendel was transported to a hospital to treat his self-inflicted injuries, while the investigation at the family home got underway. Crime scene tapes span the property. A blue and white tent was erected outside. A crowd of onlookers gathered as Chief Constable Rachel Swan held a press conference. What's understandably worrying and upsetting, this is believed to be an isolated incident in which those involved were known to one another and nobody else has been sought in connection with the deaths. The force did not have any prior contact with those involved. The man officers arrested at the scene, a 31-year-old from Killamarsh, remains in police custody on suspicion of the murders of Terry, Lacey, John Paul and Connie. A team of detectives has been working through the night to understand what led to their deaths and I would urge anyone with any information to come forward. Damien Bendel's wounds were only superficial and after being treated at the hospital he was released several hours later. He was immediately transported to the police station to be interrogated. Straight away, Bendel admitted that he had killed five people. The detectives were perplexed. They had only come across four bodies inside the property. They wondered if there was another they had somehow missed. Bendel then explained that Terry had been pregnant with his child. She was in the early stages of pregnancy and had only confided this information to a couple of friends. Bendel continued in his confession telling the detectives, The whole house is covered in claret. I used a hammer. I didn't realise what I did until I walked into my room and saw my missus and my daughter. Bet you don't usually get four murders in Killamarsh, do you? Well, five murders because my missus was having a baby. 
Bendel explained that on the night of the killings, he had been on a cocaine binge. However, he could not provide any reason for why he committed the murders. After the massacre, Bendel took John's Xbox and got a taxi into Sheffield. He sold the game console for drugs. During the taxi ride, Bendel had made small talk with the driver, telling him he had just been chilling with the family. The bodies of Terry Harris, her children John and Lacey and Lacey's friend Connie were carefully removed from the property on Chandos Crescent. Following an examination by a home office pathologist, it was confirmed that Bendel was telling the truth. Terry was indeed pregnant. A post-mortem showed that she had been struck on the head with a claw hammer at least nine times. Lacey had died as a result of head injuries and pressure to the neck, indicating she had also been strangled. Her skull had been caved in. She suffered a severe brain injury and hemorrhaging to her eyes and face. The pathologist estimated that Lacey had been alive between 30 to 60 minutes after receiving the injuries. As for Connie and John, Both had died from multiple blunt force injuries to the back of their heads. News of the horrifying murders spread rapidly. On social media, tributes to the four victims took centre stage as the country grappled with the incomprehensible brutality of the killings. Meanwhile, John and Lacey's father Jason was holidaying in Devon when he received the devastating news. Upon his return home, he immediately headed to Chandos Crescent where he placed a floral tribute outside the property. A spontaneous makeshift memorial had already begun to take shape near the tree in the front garden. In a heartfelt message to his daughter, Jason wrote, To Lacey, my TikTok queen, lost without you. Look after your big brother and don't wind him up. In a message to his son, Jason had written, To John, my beautiful son, keep your kind heart shining while the angels are looking after you for me. Jason then returned home alone to share his grief and confusion on social media. I didn't protect my beautiful babies enough from the monsters, he wrote. Now they have been suddenly taken away from me. Connie's father Charlie also took to social media to express his heartache. I can't even put into words how to feel or react right now. I have to live with the fact I was helpless to protect her and she's gone. She was special. She could have been anything she wanted to be. I'd I'd rather it be me than her. Yeah, she got all life out of it. The last thing you think of in it when, like, your daughter's sleeping out, they're having a good time, aren't they? Not a million ways round, you could try and change it or change the events leading up to it. Place blame everywhere you want, but... I'm going to miss my, my baby girl. Both Jason Bennett and Charlie Gent had the horrendous task of identifying their children in the mortuary. Terry's mother, Angela Smith, also saw the bodies of her daughter and grandchildren. She spoke of being in total disbelief as she sat between the coffins. The evening after Damien Bendel's arrest, the community came together at a local park in Killamarsh to remember the four victims. They left candles, flowers, teddy bears and other trinkets as symbols of remembrance. Mourners were led in prayer by Pastor David Taylor of Killamarsh Church. I'm not enjoying today. It's a very sad day but it's absolutely incredible 
that so many people have joined us tonight. What do you say at a time like this? It is so difficult. I can't give you any answers. I don't have the answers. But each one of you is here to remember four people who are no longer with us. And it is a day that we'll all remember. Because this doesn't happen in Kilimash, but it has. A fundraiser was set up to help the families pay for the upcoming funerals. Within days, it had already reached £30,000. As the community rallied together, the investigative process swiftly commenced. Although the killer had been apprehended, detectives faced the task of unravelling the motive and piecing together the events leading up to the tragic murders. It was headed by Detective Chief Inspector Sally Blakelock, who said, Our thoughts remain with the families of Terry, John Paul, Lacey and Connie, as well as the communities that have been affected by this most tragic of incidents. A large scene remains in place on Chandos Crescent, and local residents will see an increased police presence in the area over the coming days, including patrols by officers in the local area. DCI Blakelock urged anyone who had been near Chandos Crescent between 6pm on Saturday and 7am on Sunday to come forward with any information. She also appealed to local residents to review their home security footage, as the murder weapon was still being sought. It was speculated that Bendel might have discarded it while purchasing drugs. Detectives diligently searched parkland and drains in the vicinity. Three days following Bendel's arrest, he made a remote appearance via video link at Southern Derbyshire Magistrates Court. During these proceedings, he was charged with four counts of murder. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. 
What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families in EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at Centair.com. An inquiry into Damien Bendel revealed a lengthy criminal history spanning a decade. In 2004, at the age of 13, he was charged with vandalism. In 2010, Bendel received a caution for possessing cocaine, and the following year he found himself in police custody for a violent robbery. After serving just one year for this offence, he was granted early release on home detention curfew and lived with his mother. In 2015, he was sentenced to three years for attempted robbery whilst armed with a knife. The subsequent year, he committed grievous bodily harm and two counts of assault causing actual bodily harm against two prison officers. Shortly after his early release, Bendel was sentenced to another 30 months in 2017 for his attacks on prison staff. In 2018, while on licence, he was recalled to prison due to a pattern of poor behaviour, including violating curfew and consuming alcohol. Despite being deemed unsuitable for release in June 2019, he completed his sentence two months later and was a free man. According to those who knew him in his hometown of Swindon, Damien Bendel appeared to be trying to emulate a notorious relative who was never publicly identified. Someone close to the family said, He always wanted to be like him, and always fell short because the relative was far worse. He was open about it, and would say he wanted to be a bad boy. Many locals saw Bendel as deeply disturbed. Please note the next sentence refers to animal cruelty. Skip ahead 20 seconds to avoid the detail. Bendel allegedly enjoyed torturing kittens and had once bragged about putting down a sick dog by beating it to death with a brick so a friend could avoid paying any veterinary bills. The most recent crime that Bendel was connected to occurred in May 2020. He randomly poured petrol over a BMW in the street and set fire to the vehicle. Bendel's charged with arson, but in June 2021, following a report from a member of the court services team in the National Probation Service, Bendel escaped any time behind bars when he was handed a 24-month suspended sentence. This sentence included 175 hours of unpaid work, a five-month curfew, a 20-day rehabilitation activity requirement, and a six-month alcohol treatment program. At the time, Bendel was living with Terry Harris and her two children, John and Lacey, on Chandos Crescent in Killamash, and he was allowed to return there after listing the property as his home address. The relationship between Damien Bendel and Terry Harris had always been marred by Bendel's substance abuse unstable nature and propensity for violence. This only worsened when Bendel was under the influence of drugs. Throughout their time together, Bendel exhibited controlling behaviour towards Terry, and he took a strange pride in having a criminal record. Terry's friends often described Bendel as a wannabe gangster, and she told them they were trying to start a family just a month after dating. Terry's friends expressed concern for her well-being. While Terry held down a job as a care worker, Bendel remained unemployed. To finance his constant consumption of cannabis, cocaine, morphine and meth, 
he resorted to selling Terry's possessions, including her laptop and washing machine. Bendel manipulated her into contributing to his drug addiction, even convincing her to borrow money from friends and family which he subsequently squandered on drugs. Initially, when Terry and her children relocated to Chandos Crescent, she chose not to disclose her new address to Bendel. However, she eventually relented, and he moved in after receiving a suspended sentence for the arson conviction. The violent outbursts continued at Chandos Crescent, and there were signs things were getting worse. On one occasion, Terry asked her mother Angela for paint to repair a door that Bendel had destroyed. This information deeply disturbed Angela, prompting her to tell Terry to end the relationship with Bendel. Angela feared Bendel posed a genuine threat to Terry's safety. Terry had even expressed her readiness to end the relationship once Bendel's suspended sentence expired. Terry explained to her mother that since her home was listed as Bendel's residence under part of his license conditions, she felt he had nowhere else to go. As the investigation continued, the community was determined to offer support to the grieving families. In a warming tribute, Sheffield Wednesday football players donned black armbands during their next match against Ipswich Town. A group of John Bennett's friends who had been close since primary school initiated a fundraising campaign to honour the memory of the victims. Connie Gent's sister also joined in this heartfelt effort. Their aim was to raise sufficient funds for two meaningful tributes, a memorial bench at their school and a luminous snowflake outside Sheffield Children's Hospital, which would light up the night sky. John's friends initially set a target of £1,500, but within hours their campaign had reached over £4,000, underscoring the profound impact of the case. Meanwhile, the families were tasked with arranging the funerals of Terry, John, Lacey and Connie. John and Lacey's father Jason posted on Facebook asking mourners to learn the words to the song Never Enough from The Greatest Showman. He wrote... Me and my babies always used to sing a certain song in our car and belt it out like nothing else matters. I'm trying to stay strong, and while I'm carrying both my babies on my shoulders, I'm determined to belt the song they love out loud as if they were in our car. Sing along if you like, and give me hope and strength and celebrate my beautiful, happy babies. Terry Harris's funeral was the first to take place on October 20th at St Giles Church. Although the service was closed to the general public, the speaker was placed outside the church to allow the community to pay their respects. In lieu of flowers, the family requested donations for a cancer charity, reflecting Terry's compassionate spirit. Terry's West Ham United-themed casket was solemnly escorted into the church, accompanied by her favourite song, Supermarket Flowers by Ed Sheeran. During the service, Terry was remembered as a generous woman who always had a smile on her face, despite her troubles at home with Bendel. Reverend Canon Helen Guest said, She loved her children. She was an amazing mum. She had such a big, generous heart. She was a polite, caring soul with a heart of gold. The atmosphere outside the church was sombre as hundreds of people lined the streets. Following the service, Terry's loved ones released a pair of white doves followed by a collection of blue and pink balloons. John and Lacey Bennett were laid to rest in a closed service three days later so their family could grieve privately. 
Connie Jen's funeral took place on October 28th, and her father Charlie announced it would be open to the public. He invited everybody to attend, wanting to ensure Connie got the send-off she deserved. Mourners came out in their hundreds, making their way to Hutcliffe Wood Crematorium in Sheffield. The following month, more disturbing details were revealed about the killings. While Damien Bendel had already been charged with four counts of murder, he was hit with another charge. During 11-year-old Lacey's post-mortem, it was discovered that she had been raped before she died. By this stage in the investigation, detectives had pieced together Bendel's movements on the night of the murders. At some point after 9.40pm, the children were preparing to go to bed. At the same time, Bendel tried contacting his drug dealer to buy cocaine. Moments later, he grabbed a claw hammer and systematically went from room to room looking for each victim. Terry was attacked and killed in the master bedroom, while John was struck and killed in the bathroom. It appeared as though he was about to get into the shower when Bendel attacked him from behind. Connie was in Lacey's bedroom when she was set upon by Bendel. As for Lacey, she was in the living room. Bendel also struck her in the head with the claw hammer, but she did not die straight away. Bendel placed her on the bed in the master bedroom, where Lacey's mother lay dead on the floor. He then positioned a mirror so that he could see what he was going to do next. All four of the victims had sustained defensive-type injuries, indicating they had fought for their lives. Although no one but Bendel knows precisely what happened that night, he stayed in the property with the four dead bodies. Evidence suggests that Lacey was raped twice. At around 6am the following day, Bendel put John's Xbox in a carrier bag and ordered a taxi to Sheffield. He was dropped off in the Woodhouse area, where he exchanged the Xbox for cocaine. Bendel then returned home, took Connie's mobile phone and called 999. Following a psychological examination, In March 2022, it was determined that Damien Bendel was fit to stand trial on multiple counts of murder. However, the legal proceedings were delayed as his counsel, Vanessa Marshall KC, successfully argued for additional medical assessments to be conducted. The barrister argued that Bendel's judgment had been compromised by psychological factors at the time of the murders. While the trial was initially set for October 2022, a significant turn of events occurred on October 4th. Bendel admitted to causing the deaths of Terry Harris, John and Lacey Bennett, and Connie Gent, but contested the charge of murder, instead pleading guilty to manslaughter. During these proceedings, Mr Justice Sweeney was informed by Bendel's defence team that ongoing tests were being carried out. Evidently, they were pursuing an argument of diminished responsibility, but awaited the test results before proceeding. Despite Bendel admitting manslaughter, he would still face trial for murder. Both the prosecution and the defence prepared as they awaited further developments. On December 21, 2022, Damien Bendel returned to court, but this time he pleaded guilty to four charges of murder and the rape of a child under the age of 13. 
During the proceedings, it was revealed that the medical tests had conclusively determined that Bendel was not psychologically impaired at the time of the killings. Bendel had attempted to attribute his actions to a brain injury, but neurological tests also disproved this claim. Ultimately, he only pleaded guilty after all medical explanations had been ruled out. Vanessa Marshall Casey told the court that her client maintained he had no recollection of the attacks and said his actions remained largely inexplicable. She further claimed that Bendel had never shown any prior sexual interest in children, stating, There is genuine remorse for his actions and the irreparable pain and devastation he has caused to everyone that's been affected by these terrible events. Prior to Damien Bendel being sentenced, statements were presented by the victim's loved ones, shedding light on their grief and heartache. Connie Gent's father, Charlie, emotionally expressed how the events had torn his life apart. I feel totally lost with the pain and stress this has caused me, he said. I feel like I have become a lost soul trying to navigate my way through life without her. The whole crime is totally senseless and there can be no justification for the brutality he used. The man who carried out the crimes can only be described as truly evil. Charlie Gent went on to explain that since his daughter's murder, he had grappled with his mental health and would spend the rest of his life haunted by the brutal manner in which Connie was killed. Terry Harris's mother, Angela Smith, struggled to hold back her emotions as she described how when her grandson John was younger, he spoke about being afraid of monsters. I would tell him there's no such thing as monsters, Angela said. How wrong I was. Angela went on to say that she often had nightmares about Bendel creeping through the home in search of the children. Clutching a tissue, she expressed her profound grief. I struggled to explain to my elderly parents what happened. I don't know myself, but I must accept I may never know as the only person who does is Bendel. Terry was my only child. I will never have any other children or grandchildren. They were the most precious things in my life. I would give anything to be able to spend a moment with them. Next to speak was Jason Bennett, the father of John and Lacey. He conveyed to the courtroom the perpetual nightmare in which he lived, stating... I cannot comprehend how someone could take so many innocent lives. It makes no sense at all. Jason disclosed that he found it impossible to envision a future. Without the support of his partner, he might have been dead as well. A profound sense of anguish shadowed his face as he went on to say, Occasionally I do become distracted by what has happened. My mind goes back to the trauma of how they died. After the victim personal statements were read to the court, Damien Bendel learned his fate. Mr Justice Sweeney addressed the defendant and said, It is accepted the seriousness of your offence is so exceptionally high the court must make a whole life order. You are now aged 32 and have a significant background of violent offending including robbery. As the prosecution have said, you carried out brutal, vicious and cruel attacks on a defenceless woman and three young children. Whole life orders are the most severe penalties that judges in the United Kingdom can impose and are exceedingly rare. Bendel received a life sentence for the murders and a second life sentence for the rape of Lacey Bennett. 
Mr Justice Sweeney explained that it was committed in the grossest breach of mistrust as Lacey's life slipped away. He also said that Bendel's offending had gone way beyond those envisaged by the court's sentencing guidelines. Outside of court, Detective Inspector Mark Shaw described how the level of force and violence used in the attacks highlighted they were carried out with one intention, to end the lives of the victims. The officer also explained that it was impossible to comprehend the nature of the further sex attack on Lacey. The families of each of the victims have had to endure more than 15 months of agony and heartache but at least today they'll provide some reassurance that Bendel won't be in a position to cause further harm. How would you describe Bendel? As a monster, as a callous monster here who brought about the trust of a family and he shattered that in a matter of a few minutes. The admission of guilt did little to address the lingering uncertainties surrounding the case. The motive behind the four murders was still a question mark. One theory suggests that Damien Bendel was angry upon learning that Terry Harris was pregnant. Others considered that in his illogical mind, Bendel suspected that he was not the father. Contrary to these speculations, those familiar with Bendel asserted that he had in fact been eagerly anticipating the prospect of becoming a father. Furthermore, post-mortem paternity tests conclusively confirmed that he was indeed the biological father of the unborn child. Bendel's defence team attempted to explain his actions by attributing them to a drug-induced rage. Still, they failed to clarify the precise catalyst for his horrific deeds. His defence counsel suggested that his mental state might have been compromised due to the combination of prescribed medication for seizures with cocaine and alcohol. The pretrial assessments had confirmed that Bendel did not suffer from any psychological impairments and his actions were not attributable to a brain injury. Bendel openly acknowledged his propensity for violent outbursts stating that he typically issued three warnings before telling people they were fucked. However, this admission still fell short of explaining the extent of violence he committed that night at the family home. No arguments preceded the murders, and Bendel admitted that he had killed three people he claimed to have loved, Terry, John and Lacey. Reportedly, although Terry never explicitly mentioned being attacked during her time with Bendel, according to outsiders who observed the situation, the case appeared to exhibit all the signs of domestic violence and abuse. So where are we now? Following the sentencing, it was revealed that a formal review would be conducted to investigate the probation service and how it was operating at the time of the murders. It was noted the probation officer responsible for assessing Damien Bendel's case during his arson sentencing had been dismissed from their position. They were found guilty of gross misconduct for incorrectly categorising Bendel as a medium-risk offender instead of high-risk. Another probation officer faced misconduct charges for assigning Bendel's case to a trainee. Former Justice Secretary Sir Robert Buckland commented on this matter, saying, I think we have to acknowledge that such an error is just an appalling failure. The Ministry has to be open and transparent as possible about why it happened, and most importantly to make sure the risk of that happening again is kept to a minimum if not eliminated. Frankly, there should be processes in place that means various thresholds and tests would be met before that sort of fundamental mistake could be made. On reflection, Damien Bendel should have still been in prison at the time of the murders, because the pre-sentencing report that led to his suspended sentence and return to Terry's home 
did not accurately reflect his level of risk. During the sentencing for the arson conviction, the judge received a pre-sentence report that lacked essential details about Bendel's extensive criminal history. The judge had even described the arson as an isolated incident and hailed Bendel's brave decision to move from Swindon to start afresh with Terry, John and Lacey in Killamarsh. However, the true situation was far more disturbing. Bendel had continued to abuse drugs and manipulate and mistreat Terry in her own home. Ultimately, the review uncovered a series of failures. It concluded that the probation service's assessment and management of Bendel fell far below acceptable standards at every stage. Additionally, it was revealed that one of Bendel's ex-partners had made domestic abuse allegations against him. The police had also forwarded concerns a year before the murders regarding Bendel's inappropriate association with a vulnerable 16-year-old girl living in foster care. The intelligence regarding the potential risk of serious sexual harm to young girls was not adequately explored or documented. Consequently, Bendel was allowed to live with Terry, who had a young daughter. Furthermore, he had exhibited extreme right-wing views and had a history of violence while incarcerated. He was a high-ranking member of the white supremacist group the Aryan Brotherhood and had two Nazi-inspired tattoos. None of this was disclosed to the judge when Bendel received a suspended sentence. In total, there were 25 missed chances for Terry, John, Lacey and Connie to be saved. Terry's mother, Angela Smith, had voiced her concerns about her daughter and grandchildren. However, it was impossible to obtain information about Bendel's criminal history by simply inquiring. Angela launched a campaign in tribute to her daughter called Terry's Fight, calling for relatives to more easily access information on partners they are concerned about. My daughter was the 80th person to be killed in 2021 by a violent partner. We can't keep losing that kind of man of women every year to domestic violence. This is our love for her and if we can extend that and help anybody else to get out of an abusive relationship then it was just a normal family and if it can happen to us, it can happen to anybody. In July 2023, the property on Chandos Crescent in Killamarsh was demolished. A plaque on a cherry tree in the garden stands as the only physical reminder that the murders took place. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our patrons for their support. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.